My psychic senses are telling me that you are spiritually curious. I'm just kidding. If you found your way here, most likely <laughs> you are interested or curious about energy, the secrets of the universe, the magic of the unseen. There is a lot of conflicting information out there about how to tune into energy beings properly, how to build your intuition, how to cleanse things, yada, yada, yada. I know how overwhelming it can be, so I created a one-stop shop for all of your spiritually curious, psychic expansive self-care needs where you can build your own spiritual practice with guidance, tools, and a safe place to explore your curiosities and connect to your intuition. There's a ton of crash courses covering topics ranging from meeting your spirit guides to trans-channeling to manifesting. You get distance Reiki healings for a wide range of needs, such as moving through discomfort or support stepping into a new chapter or even help calling in creativity. Subscribers get 15% off all full-price services, a monthly group Zoom hangout where the weird is our normal. There are exclusive channeling videos, expansive conversations, guided meditations, movement meditations, weekly reflections, intuitive practices, this podcast, ad-free and as a video, and so much more. New content is uploaded every week, so there's constantly new stuff for you to learn from, digest, and various practices to keep you grounded in your body. And all of this, might I add is only $7 per month. So if you're ready to align to your best self and show up as your inner being, a priceless investment in yourself, you can head over to channelwithamber.com slash subscribe to give it a peek. I'll see you over there. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. Today is a great day because we are going to talk about one of my favorite topics, fairies. When people think of fairies, they usually think of like a miniature human that looks like Tinkerbell, but they actually come in all shapes and sizes and can actually look a little bit more alien than human. We're going to take a deep dive into the fairy realm and just explore. Here we go. Fairies are earth angels, here to guard the planet and all who inhabit it. Earth has various layers associated with various realities, just like how our aura and our orc bodies are. And the fairy realm is just one of those layers that kind of resides between the physical world and the energetic world. It's like pocketed right in the middle. This gives fairies the unique ability to dabble into both realms, the energetic and the physical. So they can manifest themselves physically and interact with our physical belongings and environment, but still hold all of the elements and qualities of an energetic being. As you will see, this theme of being in between encompasses all aspects of their realm. They personally are never one thing or another, but kind of in the middle of two opposites, which can make their traits seem a little bit contradictory sometimes. Nothing is more wonderfully confusing than fairy. <laughs> Diving into the fairy realm is a very personal experience, so everyone's experiences and understandings of how things work will vary. Additionally, just like we have different regions that assign different names to things and practice their own social norms, the same holds true for fairy. So the way a pixie will look, act, and choose to interact with me over here will be different than how one looks, acts, and chooses to interact in Hong Kong. A few years back, I went to Ireland and I was really looking forward to connecting with the fairies over there because it is just teeming with fairy energy and I thought I was just going to be diving into it. But it was actually highly uncomfortable. <laughs> the fairy energy over there feels so much different than what I'm used to over here. And since I didn't have enough time to really be able to grasp what their culture looks like, I wasn't really able to make any concrete connections. I would see them and hear them and stuff like that, but I was a little intimidated to talk to them. They just looked different. Their mannerisms were different. Their energy just felt very foreign, and I didn't want to, like, <laughs> make them angry or do anything wrong. Our energy field is constantly interacting and integrating with the energies around us, so the fairies that share 
the same like home base as us will feel a little bit more comfortable because they will share similar energy to us. Because fairies are fluid in nature, there aren't really strict boundaries that differentiate one type of fairy from the next. So different types of fairies that you may be familiar with or you may have heard before are like pixies, hobgoblins, trolls, elves, leprechauns, mermaids. I can't think of any more, but you get the picture. Fairies can actually shapeshift to project their appearance as whatever they want or whatever best reflects their mood. So everything about them is more of a form of self-expression, more so than like an actual type. To add on to that, sometimes when they change form, they'll have a new name. So anything goes. (laughs) Nothing is permanent. If you take a deep dive on literature about the fairy realm, you will probably start to see a lot of opposing views or differing characteristics for each type of fairy. Typically, they kind of grasp the energy of it as a whole, but when you get into specifics, everything is so fluid, you can't really like pinpoint anything specifically. Hobgoblins, for example, are a fairy that are typically viewed either in a positive, helpful light or a more negative, like harassing one. So this would be the reason for it. Just because a fairy comes to you that says they're a hobgoblin or if you're more like in tune with what hobgoblins look like, you know, if it looks like a hobgoblin to you, it doesn't necessarily mean it is one and it could just be kind of exploring a new identity. They'll even kind of shift depending on what you need. So it's totally normal and okay if how you experience fairies contradicts someone else's. As I said before, a venture into fairy is a very personal one. Since there's so much change constantly going on, it's more important to focus on the being itself rather than trying to categorize the fairy by its characteristics. The essence of the being will always stick, no matter what is shifting. It's kind of like how we are with our past lives. Each of our lifetimes is a new person with new likes, dislikes, interests, stuff like that. But our true essence, that pure quality of who we are, will always be prevalent. So it's the same deal with them. As humans, just due to how we are, we typically want to assign names to things. But this is kind of a great example as to why a verbal name is secondary and their energetic signature. The way it makes you feel, the colors you see associated with it, the sounds associated with it all that stuff, is how to efficiently identify someone. This goes for everything. A majority of people usually want to know the name of their guides or an extraterrestrial being that has been working with them, but not everything has a name, and a name isn't critical to bring them forth. You just have to call upon their energy signature, which kind of puts like a radio signal out there in the universe for it to then come back and meet you. To expand on this further, think about the way that different people in your life make you feel. When I think about like my grandmother, for example, I have very specific memories, emotions, colors, smells. You know, there's a lot that's in there and that's going to be different than if I think about a friend. So by kind of living within that energy of them, you are making an energetic connection with them. There's actually a little fairy coming in right now. (laughs) He doesn't seem to be a verbal communicator. He's more of like a telepathic one. He just wants me to share that if you can hear this, he's sending his love. (laughs) He wants me to describe him. He's like sitting back and presenting his arms to show his outfit. He looks like he has like brown fur. He looks like a, oh, uh, if you are familiar with the cartoon Little Bear, from like the late 90s, he kind of looks like Little Bear. That's what his face looks like and that's what his uh, body is, but he's a little bit more plump. He's got a round belly. He does have wings. They are like a really light turquoise and he has two little antennas, kind of like the way that Shreks look. Those are also like a light aqua color. He's wearing dark blue trousers that have a ruffled waist And he has a little, like, white t-shirt and a red vest. But they're a little small on him, so his belly is exposed. (laughs) 
Okay, and then now he's shifting shape. So it kind of looks like a whirlpool of energy a little bit. And then he is now showing himself as... So before he was probably about three inches tall. Now he's about five inches tall. He looks more humanoid, but his features are all very long. So his legs, arms, and his face are all very long and lanky. He's got the traditional like little pointy ears. He has kind of a messy hairdo. It's kind of long, like it's been pushed back by the wind. He's not wearing clothing this time. His skin is like uh, shades of blue and pale yellow and white. Um, and it's almost like his skin is fluid. The colors are all kind of moving around. It's kind of like tie-dye. His feet end at a point, and he's like w- wiggling his fingers at me. They're very long. He is now changing shape again. However, this time it was like his energy sucked into a little wormhole or something. It just kind of suctioned into this white explosion. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just going to go with it. (laughs) It looked like it suctioned into this white explosion and then he plopped down. So now he's no longer flying. He is like a brown blob with two legs. <laughs> he doesn't have arms. He looks like a mushroom, kind of. Um, he's dark brown. He's got big eyes, like a little button nose, and I don't see a... M- oh, I see a mouth. Oh, he kind of looks... He reminds me of, like, the face of a bulldog or something. <laughs> um, and now he is turning around, hobbling away. Thank you, friend, for being with us. So this little guy... I feel like was just kind of coming in to be an example of how gifted they are at shifting shape. A fairy usually doesn't change shape that quickly. So if you're talking to one, it's not like it's just going to keep changing form. I feel like he was just trying to have a spotlight on him, but that's kind of what happened. So that was a nice little visit. Fairies really play on the childlike qualities of our soul, which is part of the reason why I like to introduce people to them so much. It's part of the reason why I love them. Just the presence of their energy brings about so much just magic and mystery to life. And sometimes our physical and energetic processes just need this kind of energy in order to really stay centered and rejuvenated and present It's easy to lose sight of those qualities as we grow up and go about our lives, but holding on to those and like being able to tap into that place of just curiosity and magic, you know, brings about so much healing and incorporates so much dimension into our lives. One cool thing about fairy is nothing is as it seems. So the more that you can kind of bring that into your present waking life, It really opens you up to all kinds of beings and collectives that you wouldn't have discovered otherwise. It's also a great key to just manifestation and accomplishing goals in general. You know, being able to really like believe in the impossible and trust yourself, that is so powerful. Since fairies are the epitome of the in-between, there aren't really like good or bad fairies. There are good aspects in the bad ones and bad aspects in the good ones. So, for example, a more troublesome fairy would be one that may bring chaos to wherever it goes. But those are actually really useful in bringing about lessons on how to like set boundaries and kind of control the energy around us. So, that's a good quality and a bad thing. With the good ones, they could be like the best guides there to help you fully, but they may kind of throw you for a loop a little bit because that's how we grow, you know, so it's not always comfortable. So a more bad quality and a good one. The bad quality could also be that they are very mischievous. (laughs) Fairies in general are just neutral with varying degrees of mischief. Since fairies are a little bit more mysterious, People over the centuries have kind of given them more of a negative or untrustworthy kind of vibe, but that's all just due to misunderstanding. Our culture and theirs are completely different, so if people don't really understand it and it just seems a little weird or weird things happen when they're around, they just kind of place labels on them. I feel like it's just a human protective mechanism. But these aren't necessarily accurate portrayals of them by any means. 
mermaids, for example, have a very bad rap in kind of seducing men and drowning them, (laughs) you know, but they're not actually like that. That's not what their purpose is. Fairies love pranks. It's who they are. That being said, one of the most valuable lessons they can teach us is not to take life or ourselves too seriously. As humans, we experience a vast array of emotions constantly, every day. I've said this often, but extraterrestrials do not. They may feel like a few base emotions, like calm, happiness, and maybe a little bit of frustration, you know, but they tend to be a little bit more neutral. Fairies are very similar. They don't think or feel the way we do. They just do. They are familiar with a few emotions, but because they just do, they tend to be a little bit compulsive. So if their emotion changes, they will embody that emotion solely. With some fairies, it'll have more of a subtle effect. So if they get angry, for example, their color could change or a feature on their face could change, like their nose could grow and their chin can get a little pointy. Or they may have a more extreme reaction where they completely just transform into a new being. Whatever frequency that emotion shifts their field to be, you know, is what they'll kind of embody. There aren't specific rules or things you can look out for to tell if a fairy is in a good mood or not. Sometimes the most grotesque creatures could be the most kind, and the most beautiful ones can be the most troublesome, and vice versa. You can never judge a book by its cover over there. You just have to kind of trust the way you feel. If you feel like something is weird about them or something, you know, then that's kind of your red flag. That perhaps you should kindly ask them to leave. Because they're energy, fairies are able to see our, like, physical body as well as our energetic body. So if they see that we're really wrapped into something and it's stressing us out and it's taking a toll on our energy field, they will try to help pull us out of that. Or, depending on the type of fairy you have attracted, they might try to instigate it further. (laughs) Just out of curiosity to see what would happen. But you can also kind of view that as them helping us because it makes the chaos look more prevalent and kind of forces us to really just step back and take a second. There are some that are a little bit more like mischievous, so they'll try to make us laugh at ourselves in order to kind of snap us out of it. I've noticed that pixies tend to act like this. To me, pixie energy usually feels very airy. It's like flying around my head. Um, I usually hear bells and like giggles. It feels very light, but also kind of up to something, but it's very playful. I don't want to get too in specifics because, again, it's a personal experience. We all will have our own definitions for this stuff, but just to kind of give you an idea. So they could hide your keys under your bed while you're running late or put your wallet in the freezer just because, or they may guide you to walk into a pole, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) House brownies are fairies that work to regulate the energy in your home. So they'll clear things up if there's weird patches of negative energy or just the energy needs to be like flowing a little bit. They usually do this quietly so you won't necessarily know. Other fairies, however, can take a different approach to regulating the energy of a space. They could like pinch you (laughs) while you're sleeping or make you feel really restless And they basically do this to get you to get up and tidy everything because they know if you tidy stuff and like physically move the energy of the space, it'll help you feel better. Some fairies will just wrap you in a nice energetic hug or give you some little kisses to make you feel calm and supported. Some will give you clear messages like guides, you know, they'll just pop in with something specific. Some will basically make your like mental processes just stop working (laughs) so you can just take a moment to reset and others will offer you a nice little riddle of some sort to instigate some sort of exploration to help find a solution to whatever problem there is. Fairies love a good riddle. It just adds the most subtle little bit of confusion to what could be a perfectly easy message. (laughs) This approach actually offers us so much room for growth and exploration because it teaches us to really just trust our intuition and investigate ourselves or our surroundings. 
Fairies are well aware of the power that we all hold, and they also know that life is about the journey, not the destination. So they're not always going to just give you something because they know you can unlock that within yourself just by kind of taking the steps to explore or just taking a moment to reconnect. That being said, their riddles don't always have an actual answer to them, you know? It could just be the action of taking time to explore that matters. So don't be tied to a specific outcome. Depending on how you interpret energy, riddles can come in as like a bunch of strange, bizarre images or visions. You can hear a bunch of different sounds or different messages. You may feel a bunch of weird emotions all at once. You may download random messages. They may vocalize a literal riddle to you or you may come across one. They can even leave you little messages in leaves or the wind. If you feel drawn to like a pile of leaves and for whatever reason the pattern that they're laying in or the sticks around them is really intriguing you, let yourself really kind of explore what that could mean for you. Since they play upon that inner child, it's always good to keep yourself open and with a curious frame of mind so that you can notice these little messages that they leave us. All right, fairies are multidimensional beings, so they can operate at various levels of frequency. The high-dimensional ones are operating at a very pure frequency and kind of overarch the whole universe. An example of one would be unity. Unity is the energy of oneness. It permeates everything physical and energetic and everything in between, and it so happens to have an aspect of it embodied in the fairy realm. Because the frequency of unity is operating so high, it won't necessarily have a physical manifestation because it can't lower itself that much, you know, but if it were to, it would look more like a massive energy, more so than like an actual body. With other ones that are kind of in a lower dimension, they will be able to lower their frequency even more to be even more physically apparent. The fairy realm is very layered, so you can have like a fairy that is embodying a body of water, for example, and within that fairy embodying the water, there are other fairies that embody the element of water. There are ones that embody whatever season it is that is affecting the water, the plants that are present in the water, the wind hitting the water, and even the area between the water and the land. These are all pure earth energies, so everything has something, and they're all kind of intertwined and intermixed. Fairies can be anywhere as small as, like, a microscopic little bacteria <laughs> and as large as the planet. Some have visible wings, some don't. Some can look like an animal, some can look like a blob, some can just look like energy. To get an idea of what they look like and what their realm just kind of feels like, I highly recommend doing a Google search on Brian Froud, F-R-O-U-D. He is one of my favorite fairy artists and teachers. Fairy is just impossible to capture. It is an experience, and his artwork is very effective at kind of giving a glimpse into that experience, so highly recommend. Now on to our next topic, which is connecting with fairies. The key to this is being able to embody this concept of in-between, to be at a place where you feel connected to your inner child, as well as feeling connected to Earth. So going outside with the intention of exploring hidden treasures and invisible friends will kind of help ignite that feeling naturally. Fairies like to hide, but they can give us clues in the leaves, in the wind, or even just our clear senses that they're around. Be mindful of anything that looks out of place or kind of draws your attention. There's usually a message there and there's a reason that it's drawing you in. The biggest rule is to respect their space. If you feel like there's a fairy presence in your midst and you are entering into like an area that is not your property, you know, you're just kind of like at a park or something. 
It is always nice to first ask permission if you can enter their space, um, because if they're making themselves known, then it could either be a warning to you that like, hey, this is my space, like we need a second, don't come in, or it could just be like, come in, let's be friends. So it's nice to ask for permission. You can usually get hints as to the answer, so you may either feel really good, you may feel a little weird, the sun may come out all of a sudden, or the sun may hide. I have always correlated them with the wind, so anytime I'm connecting with one, there's usually kind of a breeze that will start. And then same goes as you're leaving. It's always good manners to present something to them as thanks. It is rude to actually say thank you in their culture. They don't like it. It feels like they're your servant or something. They want something in return, not verbal recognition. I have always been really bad at that because naturally I say thank you a lot. (laughs) So it's always kind of been habit. But what I have personally started to do is if I don't have an offering itself to give them, and we'll go into offerings in a second, but if I don't have one to give them, then I just send them this like nice energetic hug of just light love and gratitude. And that usually is enough to fulfill that. All right, on to offerings. You can give them something in exchange for them helping you or welcoming you into their space, as we just talked about, or you can just give them something just to help your connection or relationship with them. They like little treats, so like cakes, cookies, breads, chocolate, fruit, nuts, milk, cream, honey, all that good stuff. Because fairies are energetic, they will not actually ingest the little treat you know it won't like disappear or you won't have bite marks on it but they'll actually like suck out the nutrients or the substance in it they'll like take the energetic essence of the treat so to us that'll kind of look like they're taking out all of the liquid or like the substance has been removed for example if you leave out like grapes they will look like raisins (laughs) you know the fruit will be very dry Milk will become this like soft cheese thing. And then like cookies or bread will just feel very empty and light, like styrofoam. Honey is a little bit harder to tell, but I've noticed it usually gets like pale. If you don't notice a change in it or if it gets moldy, then that's usually a sign that they're not eating it so they may not like it or they may just not trust you enough to like come in and fully take the stuff you're offering them don't let it discourage you though they're kind of like a stray cat you know where you just got to kind of keep feeding it to earn trust so it's just a little bit of a process when they have finished an item so when it gets all dry or empty you can either throw it away or just place it outside to like decompose You do not want to eat it. That is bad manners. Even though it is food, it is not yours. You gave it to them and they have eaten it. So you don't want the like carcass of it. You know, it's just a little rude for their culture. (laughs) You can also give them little goodies like anything sparkly, a little charm. You can plant some flowers in their honor. You can give them something that is meaningful to you. They also like things like buttons, paper clips springs and little bells so you could also put those out oh and mirrors they like mirrors a lot so you can hang a little mirror for them you can even make them stuff so i used to make them like little mini houses with furniture and like (laughs) paintings and i'd go the nine yards you don't have to make it out of anything fancy i would just use like cardboard boxes and some like extra piece of cloth but creating any kind of space for them is a really good way at building your relationship trying to connect with them at dawn or dusk is good because it's not fully day and it's not fully night so you're getting that in between place other powerful times would just be times when like the veils thin so around late october early november or summer solstice. During summer solstice, our realm and their realm, that uh, veil is very thin, so they can easily come in and access us. Trying to connect when you feel a little bit tired is always nice because it kind of prevents you from trying too hard and overshooting their energy. Because their realm lies just off of ours, 
it takes the most subtle shift in order to be able to see them or hear them or see their realm. And because it's so easy and so subtle, it makes it difficult. So if you are just calm, centered, and just open to your environment, you know, it helps you settle into that subtle place. You don't want to be like gazing too intensely or listening too strongly. Everything is very gentle. Using your imagination is also very powerful. So you can like use your imagination and look for clues as to where they are or imagine what your space looks like in their realm. You know, that imagination bit is actually connecting energetically to them because you're setting that intention. So you will actually get information. To kind of increase your interaction with them, you can like spend more time in nature, put out a little waterfall in your house or outside, take care of the animals in your area so you can feed like the crows and squirrels, give them little offerings, of course, and just do things to kind of awaken your inner child, whether it's actually like playing or just being creative or whatever. Fairies are very much into the arts, so doing things that kind of bring your creativity forward really draws them in. If you like singing, you can just sing. You don't have to sing to any music. You don't even have to say words. It could just be sounds. If you like to dance, just move. You don't need music. Just move to the sounds of the wind around you. <laughs> you can also just like photograph, draw, paint without direction and without any expectation. All of this puts you in a place where you're raising your frequency up by tapping into the energy of the space around you. It also keeps you in the present moment, both of which encourage their energy to come join you. The easiest option of all, too, you can just vocally invite them in. <laughs> you can just say, hey, fairies, if there are any around, feel free to come in. There are certain signs you can kind of look out for to see if there is a fairy in your midst. Fairies are earth angels, so you may get similar sensations as you would if you were connecting to an angelic being. So it feels very like light and bright and sparkly and golden. <laughs> feels wholesome. But since fairies play on our inner child so much, it'll feel a little bit more grounded and playful. You can feel them through the clear senses. So you may feel like an energetic rush of love just kind of flowing through your body real quick. You may hear bells, ringing, wishes of wind, little whispering. You may also hear voices more externally and very loud. For example, I have never had much of a sweet tooth, so growing up if I had like a cookie or a super sweet granola bar or something, I would usually split it in half and share it with the fairies. So one time I was at my grandparents' house and I was eating a granola bar and I was kind of leaving little bits of it by the bushes. And as I turned to walk away, I heard this really loud, like, husky, Hey, you! There wasn't anybody there. There was no reason for somebody to be yelling at me from the bushes. It didn't make sense. If you give them a treat that they particularly like, that's usually, like, a good way to get one to come out and interact because they will want to make it very clear that they like it and they want more. You may smell or taste something like bubbly and light or kind of more like berry flavored and sweet. If you have a strong relationship with the fairy realm, then they may also kind of trick you and send some like foul odors and tastes your way. So just be aware. If you're more clear empathetic or an aspect of your soul originates from the fairy realm, so like you had a past life there. You may notice yourself kind of embodying their characteristics whenever they're around. So you may come into this super playful, mischievous mood, or you may just feel super like light and giggly. Both of those usually happen to me, but I feel like at this point they are ingrained in who I am. So it just kind of increases whenever there's a fairy around. Fairies naturally will play upon the energy from our heart chakra. So when you see one, the energy is usually coming from like a projection through your heart chakra rather than your third eye. So that being said, if you feel your heart chakra like expanding or a bunch of energy just kind of swirling in there, that's also kind of a good sign that your heart is picking up on some kind of energy around. All right. 
That was a lot of information. I feel like this is a good time for a quick break. So we'll just take a second to let it all kind of absorb. And then when we come back, we will get into some of my fairy stories, my favorite part. (laughs) So take a breather, just relax, and we will be back to it in a second. Stay tuned. We are back. So I have so many stories about fairies, but I'm just going to share a few of my bigger earlier ones just to kind of give you some insight as to how to connect with them, how they may interact with us, and some little tidbits about astral projecting and what happens when we sleep. So we're going to get into some cool stuff. For my eighth birthday, I believe it was, I was gifted this coin collector sorter thing. It was this big cone that had this like coin launch ramp at the top so you would put a coin in and then it would circle down the cone and then it would get to the bottom which is where it would be sorted based on its size and then when it hit the bottom it would light up and it would make a sound like (laughs) that thing used to go off constantly it used to freak me out so badly My mom would always tell me that it was just my angels playing with it or some fairies, but it just made me very uncomfortable. It would literally just like every day go off for like an hour or so. And I did not like to go in there when it was going off. (laughs) I wanted to stay away. There was one day, I think I was working on homework or something, and I had like my pencil box in my room, so I needed to get it, but I was very uncomfortable So my mom had offered to go with me just to show me that there's nothing to be afraid of. So we went into the room and we were just kind of standing next to it, you know, just observing. And I remember asking in my head if it was my guardian angel and if it was to light up. And it did. So I was super excited. I was like, okay, cool. I had gotten a few images, like mental images, of what my guardian angel specifically looked like. So I was asking if it was that one, but it didn't go off. And I think I kept confirming, but you are a guardian angel, right? And then it would go off. So I was just asking it a few questions to investigate because it seemed like it was communicating with me through the little toy. And after a little bit, to the left of the coin sorter, I saw this real quick flash of a fairy. She was about two inches tall. She was sitting on a throne with her right leg like up on it. She had this long flowing dress that went to her ankles. She had long like golden hair that was half up, half down, but the half up portion was in like a lazy bun. She had a little tiara on her head. She was barefoot. She had wings and she just in general looked like a little mini person. She was emanating this yellow energy, so everything around her, as well as every bit of her, was yellow. She wasn't fully physical. She was, it was kind of like, um, there are those exercises where when you want to see someone's aura, you like look off to the side of them and then you'll see a glowing outline. It was kind of like that. So it was physical but then not really it was like in that in-between state where you can see it with your eyes but it's obviously not like a three-dimensional thing she was probably present for a good like three mississippis you know and then she disappeared so it was a good amount of time for me to get a solid glimpse at her but then she just completely disappeared and that was that that was so exciting for me that was the first time i had actually physically seen a fairy As I had said previously, I was working on building a relationship with them forever, but I had never gotten anything that concrete. I would just see like flashes of lights or hear little bells and whispers and have weird things happen, but this was some serious sighting. (laughs) After that moment, I immediately copied her hairstyle, that half up, half down bun thing. I copied that all the time in her honor. (laughs) Even to this day, I will still wear my hair like that. Just to give you some insight as to how obsessed with fairies I was as a kid, I am a professional dancer, and the main reason I even really got into dance was because I thought fairies liked it. I love dance, (laughs) but that was definitely, like, 
a persuading factor, you know, because when I dance, I feel like I'm connecting to fairies. So there you go. It goes really deep. About two years after this first sighting, I was 10. I was at the coffee table in the living room drawing a picture for them. I was drawing a picture of a fairy and I didn't know how I wanted to draw its outfit. So I wanted to get their opinion. (laughs) So I called them forth. I used to verbally welcome them. So I would say like, if there are any fairies in this space, please come to me. So I would repeat that a lot. They weren't making themselves known, so I kept continuing, but I was getting a little bit frustrated, and I could kind of feel some energy in, like, the upper right corner of the room, but it just wasn't going anywhere, so I decided to force an interaction. I sat down, and I forced myself into this day's trance state. I imagined myself flying over to them and having a conversation. So this was astral projecting. The key to doing this is to visualize and experience fully where your energy body is. So astral projection is basically moving your consciousness to your spirit, which is beyond time and space, you know, so you can kind of fly wherever you need to go. So you want to visualize actually coming out of your body and moving wherever you got to move. The more that you're able to pay attention to like the physical sensation, so if there's a temperature change, if the wind is blowing, it'll help keep your consciousness in your energy body so you are present and in control of your little journey that you're going on. So I would do this often. Because this puts you in an energetic state, you are then able to basically see the energy beings around you. So by doing this, I could finally see the fairies and I could actually interact with them. There were two. One was orange, had like an orange dress, orange wings, was given off an orange color, and the other one was purple. They looked very human, but their bottom bit kind of looked like how the genie in Aladdin is, how it has that like tail, you know? That's kind of what they were like. Um, They appeared to be wearing dresses. They had pointed ears. One had long brown hair and one had like long golden hair. And then they had wings. I'm not sure if I said that already. (laughs) Their wings kind of looked more like butterfly wings. So I don't remember what I was talking to them about, but I was telling them about the picture and was trying to get their guidance as to how they wanted me to draw it. I remember I was trying to talk to them like we were just the best of buddies. I was trying to be all cool and it was just a weird interaction and they kind of cut it short (laughs) and just left. So I came back down to my body. Um, Again, if you're astral projecting, you will just imagine yourself literally just kind of flowing back into your body and then I came back to the present. In my head, I had imagined that they had, like, entranced me and taken me to their realm, and we had gone on, like, an hour-long journey. So I ran over to see what time it was, but only, like, two minutes had passed. (laughs) It was still really exciting, though, because this was the first time I had astral projected to communicate with them. Usually, I would do it to kind of go to different planets and different, like, extraterrestrial collectives, but... This was the first time I had, yeah, focused it on them, so it was cool. So you can try that same thing, too. If you do venture into the fairy realm, either through meditation or astral projection, and I mean, like, the actual realm itself, not just in your space, you know, you do want to be aware of taking things. They have a very different culture, so if a fairy offers you something, There are always strings attached, and those strings you can't always really pay back fully, you know, so you'll always be in this weird debt, or they may just kind of screw with you a little bit just to kind of pay off that debt, so I would just highly recommend against it. You can always offer them something in exchange for help. You can also call upon fairy guides to help you navigate But until you get more familiar with the energy of the fairy realm, and especially those in your area, it's best to just stick with the fairies in your circle. So if you just call upon your guides, again, just think about like a family of energy beings encircling you. It will automatically send out that like energy radio signal for them to come forth and they can step in and help however you need help. That being said too, 
as a reminder, we have free will. So if a fairy is making you uncomfortable or if they're just not really leaving you alone, you can always tell them to leave. The same goes for any fairy in your space. If there's one just kind of wreaking havoc, even if they have a good reason and are trying to help you, if the process is just too much and making you really uncomfortable, you can kindly just ask them to leave. In those situations, it's always nice to give them a little offering as thanks for being willing to help you. As long as you approach them from a pure, honest, loving place, the same energy will be reflected back onto you. One more note on astral projection. I used to just astral project simply to check my outfit (laughs) in the mornings if I didn't have a mirror or like check my hairdo or something. So you don't need this like extravagant reason to try and you don't need a whole hour to dedicate to it. So if you want to give it a shot, you can try literally any moment just to like look at yourself from afar or try to see something from across the room. You are always in control. Your guides are always around. You won't just get lost in the ethers, you know. So stay present, stay calm, and just explore. So fast forward two more years. I was 12. My mom and I were staying with my aunt, who has a ton of fairy energy around her. Every time I am in her space or just in her presence, there are always fairies kind of popping up everywhere. So just to kind of give you a layout of the space, when you go through the front door, you walk into the living room. As you keep walking forward, it opens up to the dining room to the right, and then straight ahead is a hallway that goes to the bathroom and the bedrooms. There was a fairy that I would always see peek out from the hallway to the living room. So it would just kind of peer over at you when you were sitting on the couch, and then anytime you looked at it, it would pop its head back so it would hide out of view. I probably saw it like a solid three times a day. We were sleeping on a blow-up mattress that was at the far end of the living room, so where the living room, dining room, and opening to the hallway all converge. And then on the left side of it, there was this fish tank that used to have like a blue light that would glow at night. I was having a really hard time falling asleep. I was just tossing and turning and just feeling really restless. So I just kind of laid there and waited to get tired. (laughs) And after a while, I saw the fairy peek out from the hallway, as it always did. But this time, when I looked at it, it didn't move. It just stayed there for a second and then took a step out so I could actually see it better. It was humanoid, about four and a half, five feet tall. It had long, skinny legs, long, skinny arms, and a nice-sized pot belly. (laughs) It was wearing these dark brown pants that looked like they were made out of, like, potato sack material. It had pointy brown shoes that looked like they were slip-ons, so they didn't have, like, shoelaces or anything. It was wearing a white shirt that kind of opened at the chest and had elbow-length sleeves. He had a red vest that was buttoned closed, a red hat that was a little bit saggy, kind of like a nightcap, but not as long. His hair was really thick and dark brown, and it was just kind of poking out from under his hat. His fingers and hands were very long. He had about four fingers per hand. His skin was like a shade of olive green and light brown, just kind of mixed in. He wasn't emanating a light or anything. It was just like the literal color of his skin. His face reminded me of a character, oh, reminded me of a Whoville character from The Grinch. He had that specific kind of like snout and little nose. He had big almond eyes and pointy ears. He walked to my side of the mattress and bent over and peered at me. He was very animated in the way he marched. It kind of reminded me of like a Dr. Seuss character. And then when he bent over to peek at me, he kept his legs straight and just folded over at the waist. But keep in mind, we had a really short blow-up mattress, so he really had to bend over in order to really, like, look at me. He stayed in that position for a good, like, five seconds, and I didn't know what to do. I was waiting for him to, like, say something or 
move or do anything, but he didn't. So I just kind of awkwardly stared back at him. And then he just turned around and marched right back to the hallway. Things are kind of falling apart over here. <laughs> my, my like setup is falling. My cats are fighting. Things are going crazy. I would say we're getting a very large increase of fairy energy over here. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I looked over to my mom to see if she was awake because I wanted to see if she had seen this thing too. Her eyes were closed, but I wasn't sure if she had actually fallen asleep yet, so I was just kind of staring at her and trying to figure out if she was breathing heavy or <laughs> or what. But after a little bit, I saw her spirit raise out of her body. It was just a white, like transparent variation of her that was wearing a white nightgown. She wasn't wearing a nightgown to bed, so I thought that was interesting that it had like its own outfit. But it just kind of floated up out of her body and kept raising until it went through the ceiling and disappeared. At that moment, she started snoring. This was so intriguing to me. I had heard that our soul, like, will travel while we dream, but this was direct confirmation of that. It was really interesting. Both of these visuals, the fairy and my mom's spirit, were more physical. It was dark because we were going to bed, but the light from the fish tank was able to illuminate everything enough for me to see the fairy pretty clearly, and then my mom's spirit was glowing by itself, so that I was able to see just fine. Again, it was kind of like that aura kind of visual thing where it's physical, but then not really. I looked past my mom to the dining room. And I saw that there were like 30 sets of eyes just staring at me. I didn't see them clearly before, but the light was like glistening off the eyes, which caught my attention. They were all lined up by the walls around the dining room and were all shapes and sizes of fairies. This visual was more of a mix between physical and energetic. So I could kind of make out an outline of them, but their actual like specific details were coming in more as like a mental image. The first ones that caught my eye was this family of super tall fairies. There was a father who was about eight feet tall. There was a mom who was about seven feet tall. And then they had three kids that were about like three feet, four feet, and six feet. These weren't wearing any clothing. They were very lanky and had a similar, like, olive brown hue to their skin, but it also had mixes of, like, blue and yellow. Their faces, I don't even know how to explain it, um, kind of looked like a mix between, like, a deer and a human. The parents had their arms around their kids, and when I made eye contact with them, they just hugged them in and all smiled this, like, beautiful, welcoming smile at me, and I just felt so loved and happy and just excited in that moment. I started to look around at the other fairies and to their left was the house brownie that lived there. I had conversed with him many times before. We were buddies. He liked to bake and made that very clear. So anytime anyone was in the kitchen, he always tried to like help make the process easy. He would always try to persuade them to bake something. <laughs> he was really great. So he was more wide than he was tall. He was like an oval shape. He was only about like a foot and a half tall, but his legs were really small. They were probably like four inches. He had arms and he always was carrying an egg beater because he was always ready to cook. He had a chef's hat on and he wore this like little red vest so he smiled at me and bowed his head in just kind of this, like, acknowledging, nice, warm gesture. And in that moment, I realized that all of them were here for me. It had always been a really big goal of mine to help bridge our world and the fairy realm together by sharing about them and introducing people to fairies. And they were essentially there to give me their blessing and fully accept me in as a friend. It was, it was just an incredibly beautiful, wonderful moment. It was, it's indescribable. I remember I literally was tearing up because <laughs> I was just so happy I had worked so hard <laughs> to finally reach that point, you know, where they saw me as like an equal, as one of them. 
So I was looking around at the other fairies there. There were some small, bright ones that were emanating different colors that were flying around. There was one that looked like a giant toad, but he looked a little friendlier. (laughs) There were some more tall ones of varying heights that were humanoid, but all kind of still a bit alien-looking in their own way. Some had tails, some didn't. Some had wings, some didn't. I remember also seeing this woman. She was probably about five feet tall. She was wearing a flowing, like, white dress, and she had this little flower crown. She did have wings, and she was giving off this white, glowing energy. She had a little wand that looked like a stick, but it had a bulbous tip. Then there were some other middle-sized ones. I couldn't get too clear of a view on them because it was dark, but there were some that were, like, standing on top of each other. Some were getting crazy. (laughs) So I just took a moment to really take it in and just bask in this beautiful fairy energy. And after a little while, I saw my mom's spirit again come through the ceiling and float down into her body. And once it fully settled in her body, she woke up. I was sitting up, so naturally she kind of like looked at me and was like, is everything okay? What's going on? Everything was absolutely fantastic. The fairies had all disappeared at that moment, so I finally laid down and went to sleep. From that moment on, my relationship with the fairy realm definitely grew closer. I felt like I permanently had a portal to their world in my room, so anytime I would get home and just walk in, I was greeted by all of these wonderful little fairies. They became my family in a sense. So anytime I had like a rough day, you know, I would always look forward to going home and being welcomed and all of my cares would just fall off. They used to like to open my closet door a lot for some reason. So anytime it would just randomly open, I always knew it was kind of (laughs) their way of letting me know they were there. They also started to, I would say in the past like five years, they have started to like open drawers So I have this little mini, I don't even want to call it a dresser because it's tiny. It's probably only like eight inches tall, but it's this little thing that has two drawers and I keep some of my crystals in it and they just open it every so often. I just come in and it's like fully open. So they like to snoop. So just be aware. I'm going off topic, but when I was first really kind of establishing myself with them, They used to run off with like necklaces and little trinkets I had and I would just kind of allow it because I didn't know how to set my boundaries, but they don't do that anymore because it is now known that that is not the way that you respect a friend. So don't be afraid to set the ground rules if they're in your space. If you go to their space, so their like energetic variation of your room or whatever, you know, that's a different story. But when they are coming to the physical plane, you have control. Going back to the house brownie, I just want to say something real quick about them. Houses all have brownies, which again are just helpful little home spirits that help tidy the energy. If they feel like they have been working really hard and are really tired and just getting frustrated because they are overworked, they may start moving things or will hide things for a second and then bring it back. And that's their way of getting your attention to let you know that they are tired and they would like some compensation for all the work they're doing. (laughs) So if that happens, you can just leave a little treat out for them and that'll be enough to kind of make them feel like it's balanced. To improve your relationship with them in general, you can just, like, leave a little treat out for them once a month or so. As I say that, my little house brownie is telling me, like, once a month? You mean once a week? (laughs) So just trust your intuition. Your house brownie is going to want more, but if you don't have the means to do that, then don't, don't worry about it. Oh, my goodness. There is so much energy over here. I'm a little bit concerned that, like, this audio is going to come out sounding a hot mess because I feel like they're just going to be making things go all crazy. There's a little fairy coming in now who just wants to say some last words before we leave. Her name is Xena. She's giving me pixie vibes. So she's flying, but she doesn't have wings. She has, like, this little dress that is, uh, the bottom has like points on it, I guess similar to Tinkerbell's dress, but a little bit longer and uh, more flowy. 
She looks very human. She has pointed little shoes. She literally looks like she's wearing a Tinkerbell outfit right now. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) She has those little pointy shoes with like a little ball on top. Her hair is long and looks kind of black, and she's wearing a little hat that kind of looks like a sailor hat a little bit, but she is just flying around feeling good, and she is saying that the fairies are open to welcome whoever wants to come join. They have so much love to give to whoever's ears are willing to listen to it. She is saying that she is willing to guide you in if you are interested in kind of going into the venture. With her, you can call upon her name. So just think about her name, like if you're in a meditative state or if you're outside and connecting, whatever. Keep in mind, though, because she is fluid, she may not come to you in the state that I'm seeing her now. So she can come in a bunch of different shapes and sizes, but she's saying that her energy will be very specific. So you should be able to feel it. If you don't feel it, just trust it. Her colors are more associated with like pinks and blues. That's what I'm seeing her skin even to look like. It's like a constant fluid motion of pink and blue colors. So if you also just see flashes of pink light or blue light, just know that that's her. But she's just here to wish you good luck on your journey. She's excited that you've been listening to me and my ramblings. (laughs) She's excited to welcome you guys. So that's all. (laughs) So take a moment, go outside, connect with Earth, get to know some fairies, and I'll see you next time. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about what I do, visit channelwithamber.com. For future updates on the show, to give some feedback on future episodes, or to just connect, follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. Shout out to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.